Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm Harmony and I'm here with Russell Case. Oh, I'm so excited to be here today. And our guests, our very special guests, all the way from Bali. Well, I guess they're not really from Bali, but they're living in Bali. I think they might be Sicilian. (laughs) (laughs) But we're here today with Prem and Radha Carlisi. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Hey, guys. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for asking us. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be chatting with you. Um, Just like a little brief introduction. I mean, Prem, you've been practicing Ashtanga yoga for as long as I've been alive, which is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And and Radha, you started in the in 1990, I think. And I mean, that's probably longer than a lot of people practicing today have been alive. (laughs) Oh, you are really dating. That's true, man. That's true. But yeah, right. Thank God. (laughs) Decrepit and old. But I I met you both in Mysore in 2004, which is amazing. I mean, that alone seems like a long time ago, but it, it wasn't so long ago. It does seem yeah. like, you know, that's true. As they say, time flies. Yeah. You were there before. I think I was there in 2005. I wasn't there anymore. Yeah, I we know I met Harmony as well. We weren't. Yeah, must have been 2005 for you, Radha. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> But I remember Prem down by the pool at the Southern Star in 2004, for sure. That was my office. <laughs> you know, you know, guys, I'm really curious because I, when we were going through the, the prep for the interview, I, I got I got your names wrong. I, I had a, an idea. Um, you know, I, I've always thought of you as Heather Duplex. And I've never, I don't, I, I don't think I was even aware that you had changed your name to Rada, and I apologize for that. Oh no! You know, I knew, I knew that that Mr. Carlisi had had become Prem, which I think means means love in Sanskrit, and but you were formerly Anthony Carlisi. I wonder if you two could could tell us a little bit about your name changes. I think that's really fascinating. Sure. Do you want to start? Sure, I'll, I'll start because mine came first. Yes, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a conscious decision of I'm going to change my name into a spiritual name. It it organically kind of unfolded that way, and I had had different name changes throughout my 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 journey with yoga. I started off in um, in my childhood as being Tony. Mm-hmm. I was Tony Carlisi growing up. And then at a certain point, uh, when I met Katabi Joyce in, uh, in Mysore, he coined the name for me Raghava. Mm. Say that again? Raghava. 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 Yeah, what Raghava does that mean? Is another name for Rama. And oh. he gave me that name, and he called me that name from, from that moment on until he passed away. He always referred to me as Raghava. And everyone was always saying, who's Raghava? You know, he would yell at me in class. He'd say, Raghava, why are you doing this? And, and um, 
everyone would go, who's Raghavan? I go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I, I love the name. It was, it was beautiful. It was something that kind of struck something in me of like the reference of being Rama and, you know, and, and holding up the, the, the mantlehood of yoga in, in regards to that. And that's the, for me, a spiritual name is something that reminds you of your divinity. And so the family name of Tony, and then after, you know, I got coined the name Raghava from Pitavi Joyce. And then later on in my, in my life, as I started to develop, uh, I got married and had kids. Then I changed my name to Anthony. <laughs> and then when I went back to India, Guruji laughed and he said, oh, Anthony, uh, you know, and he laughed. He said, no, Raghava. And, <laughs> and I said, yes, yeah, sorry, Guruji, man with many names, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was an ongoing joke with many people in the community and within my family and and this whole thing of moving from that. And and the even that the name Anthony was a that was a, that was something that was kind of interesting because I was going through this critical junction of becoming like this aesthetic yogi into a householder and having kids and making that transition and trying to make money and all these things. And I met this woman that was into numerology and she, she said, you know, what's, what's your name? And I said, well, I go as Tony Carlisi. And she said, well, you know, could I just, you know, do a numerology thing on you? And it was at a conference. It was like this holistic conference that we were at in LA, I think it was. And so she started doing this calculation of my name, Tony Carlisi, and she said, this is not a good name for you. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, well that's my name. What am I going to do, change it? You know? and so it was, it was kind of humorous at the time. And she said, is that your, is that your real name? And I said, well, I mean, I, I was born Anthony you know, Anthony Carlisi. She said, well, let me try that. So she did Anthony Carlisi and she calculated. She goes, oh my God. She goes, this is such a great name for you. <laughs> you have to use this name. And I said, I can't use this name. This is the name that I got called, you know, called out when I was like a little kid. My mom would yell at me, Anthony, what are you doing? You know, yeah. so, you know, it's your naughty name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of like the yeah the naughty name, and then I you know, then I found out that the the naughty name is a good name. You know? Yeah, naughties is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so that's, that's when it went into this whole revelation of like, okay, name changes has been happening for me, and then this name Prem came in into context because. I got introduced to Osho and Osho was someone that I had heard about in the, in the seventies. And I had put like this kind of dark mark on him. Like he was kind of, he was going down this wrong path and a shock yeah. really knew what they were doing. And, and Osho was going off the deep end with Tantra <laughs> and orgy. But yeah. He changed his name too. He was Bhagavan and then yeah. became Osho. That's oh, correct. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah he was, yeah, he was Bhagavan. Um, so, Rajneesh. Rajneesh, yeah. Yeah, Rajneesh. And then, so so out of that, I, you know, the name Prem came, came from the Osho organization because I was there. And 
someone said, do you want to get initiated into this organization? And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm initiated into many things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here and there's something resonating. And so they gave me the name Prem. Can, was, can I stop you for just a second? Sure. No, where where were you when you were named Tony? I was when in... You're... I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. The, yeah. And were you in the the Osho compound in the Western United States as well? No, I was in India. I was in. You were uh, in India. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was in Pune. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, I knew of I knew of Osho when he was alive, but I went to Pune uh, in the early two thousands. I yeah. think. Okay. And. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of this interesting unfoldment of like, okay, I'm going to take on this name. And then I, how I, how I made the transition, because I knew that people were going to have this kind of quirky thing with the name. And it wasn't, I didn't want to make it a big deal. They do sometimes. So I still have friends yeah. call me Tony. I have right. friends call me Anthony. Anthony yeah. There's, you know, there was only a few people that called me Raghava, and Guruji was one of them. Tim Miller Tim. called me Raghava because he knew the story. <laughs> so there was all these transitional points of a delineation of like, you know, basically spiritual progress kind of thing. It was very interesting to see that. So that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> and, I, find, um, I find it so interesting that... Um, so many of your name changes went uh, along with like different periods in your life yeah. too. It's really, yeah. it's kind of beautiful. It's, it's what, what's really beautiful about this particular name is that like what Russell said, the name Prem means love. So it's what a great name to have because everyone's reminding me. <laughs> yeah. It's a selfish thing. You see, it, it, it's, for me, yoga is all about this internal, um, you know, discovery of self. And this this thing that you had on your web on on your email to me was like it stood out. It's it was something from Patabi. He said, "This yoga is not exercise. Yoga is showing where to look for the soul." Yeah. For me, anything that we can do that will bring us back to that, mm. because we're so dispersed outward, any tool. Asana, pranayama, meditation, yeah. diet, all these things is just going to keep throwing us back to discover who we are yeah. and to look within, yeah. not look outside and not get caught up in the outside. So the name Prem is like constantly reminding me, hey, Prem. You know, someone says, hey, Prem, hey, love. <laughs> and I, you know, I pick yeah. up the phone, hey, this is Prem. You know, yeah. love here. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's like a mantra, an ongoing mantra in my everyday life. And sometimes I recognize it, and sometimes I don't, because I'm so dense and caught in the whole trap of using my mind and emotions in a particular way. So again, you know, the name change for me, personally, is just another added benefit to what, why I'm here. What is the purpose of my life? You know, and what, what are we doing here? You know, so that's, that's the, that's it right there. <laughs> well, well, Rhonda, maybe you could tell us about how your name changed as well. Yeah, I'd love to. I actually, you know, it's funny. I haven't 
really told the story that many times, definitely not publicly, uh, maybe a, on a handful of workshops, but really not many people know the story. Um, and it was instigated by Prem. <laughs> um, we had just met and we were in Hawaii and we were just driving in beautiful Kauai one day, we're in the car. He said to me out of the blue, he said, why don't you have a Sanskrit name? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I've never really thought about it. And um, he said, well, are there any names that you feel attracted to? And I said, actually, I said, I really love the name Radha. And um, he said, why? And I said, well, on my first trip to India, um, which was 95, early 96, there was this beautiful woman. Her name was Radha. And um, yeah. I don't Derek actually, Ireland's wife. Yeah, exactly. And I, I want to say I don't really know her. I've only met her briefly. But um, it was my first trip. It was probably one of my first few days. And I saw this beautiful older woman practicing in Lakshmi. Older woman. Well, she was, well, she was probably years. like, yeah, she was probably she was like. probably 32, <laughs> right? 32, 33. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, like I just, I don't know. Like, I guess I was somehow enamored. And um, there was just something really beautiful. And, and, and from that, I really loved the name. And I always thought. Oh, if I ever have a little girl, that's what I'm going to name her. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, you know, nice. Something that was there for me. So it actually wasn't like one of the things I feel like people are like, oh, Radha. She thinks she's Radha of Radha and Krishna. No, no, no. It, I don't even know that I really understood Radha Krishna at that time, um, just to be honest. And so I told Prem this story. And then a few days later, we were at a kirtan in Hawaii with this really famous uh he was in his 90s. He was in his 90s or late 80s. His name is Pandit Jasraj. And it was a relatively small group. I don't think there was more than 50 people. And he was spectacular. Um, he was doing kirtan. And the whole night, it was about Radha and Krishna Bhajans. So I was sitting. We were both sitting in front of him. And in the middle of the concert, he was doing this kind of chant to Radha. And I closed my eyes and I was thinking, oh, this is such a beautiful name. And, you know, I was like, whatever, meditating, sitting there, listening to him. And then I opened my eyes. And when I did, he was like, you are Radha. Now, I'm not saying that he was saying it. No, really? He, yeah. looked, he, he looked, looked right at, at me. Wow. It was so weird. And then I looked at Prem and I'm like, oh, my God, like, is this the affirmation that, I'm, that I've been asking for? Because... Mm -hmm. I know how funny people are about name changes and I never felt like, Oh, well, I wasn't given the name, so I can't use it. But then it was like this random spontaneous moment that I want to believe the universe directed at me. I mean, whatever, maybe he says it at every single concert, who knows, but lucky girl, my ego yeah. to believe that it was meant to be well, in my direction. So yeah. Whenever um, there's a shiksa in the room, he calls her out. Like, <laughs> the Radha, this one. <laughs> so I, um, I just said to Prem after that night. I, no, Prem said to me, "Well, you got your affirmation." And so from that, he started using that as my name. And at first, I was very self-conscious because sometimes people give you like a little bit of an attitude when you use a different name. Yeah. Right. Prem was like, why do you care what people think? <laughs> so, you know, from that, and then I really started to feel 
the energy behind the name was what was really in my heart. And I later learned that the name Radha, of course, Radha Krishna, but the, the, the name of the word Radha means devotion or light as well. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, this is a reminder for me to like stay in devotion. And um, that's my story. <laughs> that's beautiful. It, how, did you, how did you end up in, in Mysore in, in 96? That's so early. And doing I, Ashtanga in 19, 1990. I mean, that's, where, are, if you know any Yiddish, you must be from out east. <laughs> Originally, yes, I was born and raised in Connecticut. Yeah, that's how you know the Yiddish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was there until I was 18. Um, but I moved to California when I was 18. I went to school out at Pepperdine. Um, okay. I probably couldn't get into that school at, at this time, but it's <laughs> 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 not very difficult. Um, does it matter that the things and, uh, and then in, when I was 20, I started practicing at, well, this is how I found my, one day I was, I used to live in Malibu and I was, um, I don't know why I just decided I wanted to do some yoga. I mean, my grandmother used to practice to Lilius on TV. Um, oh, so, so that, did I <laughs> after school, man. <laughs> Lily is oh, full and yoga and you. That was my that was my jam every day. <laughs> that was my earliest understanding of what yoga was was you know like Lilius on TV. And yeah, it was mine also, but I turned the channel. You turned the channel, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like a little kid. I wanted to watch cartoons. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> No, Lilius, man. Lilius was sexy. I was like, I was coming into myself. I was like, I'm oh. this lady. I'm all over it. I know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. 1993. Lilius and me. Guys okay, we can talk later. Right? All right. Okay. Awesome. So you got turned on to yoga by Lilius Full, huh? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, so then. I don't know. Some, I got some kind of wild hair. And when I was 20, I was looking through the yellow pages in the phone book, literally for the word yoga. And I, I know this is nothing spiritual whatsoever. I started looking through the yellow pages. I find the word yoga and I see the emblem yoga works. And it was this really right. um, sun. Wow. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I was, I mean, I was an artist. So I thought, Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that logo. Shows you how advertising works, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I called them up and I said, hi, I'm 20 years old and I want to come to a yoga class. And they were like, oh, okay, you come to Ashtanga Prep. I'm like, all right. You wow. know? Okay. <laughs> and Chuck Miller was my first teacher. <gasps> Amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, now I know as an adult yogi, like, wow, what a blessing that was. Because um, Chuck is an amazing being. Yeah. And, um. I went to his class and right after class, I walked out and I went into the, like the office and I said, Oh, thank you for class. I think I'm going to be a yoga teacher one day. And he kind of looked at me like, what? This girl thinks she is. Um, and that was, that was the start for me. Wow. It's funny how sometimes you have these premonitions of things and like, they don't even really make sense, but you just, it's like a knowingness inside your being. Yeah, it's yeah. a premonition. Premonition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Connection to love. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I think you're right. You know, these things happen and they are 
it's like it's a deeper intuition. It, it is. It's constantly yeah. happening. It's there in front of each one of us. Absolutely. There's so many signs. And if you're not connected to them, if you don't listen, oh, you miss so, the sign. So true. I think. And then maybe yeah, you get it somewhere true. down the line. It's all irrelevant from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. you know, time and space aspect yeah. of when do you get it? Mm. How many lifetimes have we been around? Oh, yeah. So it's like we're getting it now. We're slowly unfolding as it's supposed to. Pram, I remember, I remember meeting you the first time in Mysore in, I, I wasn't sure if it was 2004, 2005, but I, I definitely remember the feeling in the community when you appeared. And it was, it was a deep, it was a deep impression, a deep wave in the community. Like this guy, he's like the prodigal son. Huh. He's, he, he's, he's one of the old students that we didn't know about who's come back. And I just remember watching you in the room, I was sitting in the foyer and just like watching you intently, like trying to figure out how to do advanced. And I was watching you trying to learn how to do it. Huh. And it was, it really made a huge impression on me watching you. And I, and I, I just wanted to ask you, cause it was also amazing to me because I, th I think you were also elderly, like maybe 40. <laughs> and, and I was like, man, that guy's old. And I was like, and I wonder, you know, can you tell us how that happened? How did you become an old student of, of Guruji? To, to look at 2004, it was like a very interesting well, he was time 50. frame. You were 50. Yeah, but, but check this. No. Because yeah, he was 50. I came back. It wasn't that I lost contact with Katabi. I saw him when I could, but I was involved with being a householder. Yeah. I had mm -hmm. kids yeah. to raise yeah. and make money. And I couldn't jaunt off to India for six months yeah. like what mm -hmm. I was doing in my 20s. So totally. the prodigal son coming back basically was I saw Sharat and Guruji in uh, London, England. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2003. And Sharad came up to me and said, why don't you uh, get certified? And I said, I thought I already was. <laughs> no, you need a certificate from Guruji. There's, there's very few people that are certified. And I said, really, Sharad, do you think I really need uh, the piece of paper that goes along with that? And he just kind of laughed. He said, you come. And I said, well, what, what do I have to do to get it? He said, you have to do third series in front of uh, Guruji, and then you have to pay some money too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bring your checkbook. Really? Like, really? Like, up until this point, I had no piece of paper. Why do I need a piece of paper now? Mm -hmm. I, already felt, I felt that I put in the work. I, I felt that I accomplished something. I got verbally acknowledged from different people and from Katapi too. Yeah. So it was Sharat's initiation into that world. And, and then I talked to other senior teachers, specifically my best friend in Ashtanga, Tim Miller. And he was the one who started the whole piece of paper thing. Can, you, can you tell us how? Certificate. He, was, he was in Mysore. And um, what happened is at the end of his Mysore stay, he said, Guruji, can you make me like a little certificate? And Guruji said, certificate? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> uh, what, what certificate? 
He said, you know, in America, we like diplomas and certificates. And could you make me like a little certificate that I had completed this with you? Oh, and there was nothing, there was nothing there. So he said, you make it and I'll sign it or something. <laughs> so you know, Kim put it together. He, he brought the Patabi and Patabi signed it and there was no money exchange. He just signed it. And Tim had the first piece of paper, the first certificate. And that started like this ball rolling. I think and he paid like a hundred dollars for it or something. I heard like I 50 he bucks. Paid like, <laughs> I, I don't think he paid anything. That my recollection, he said it was free. But That's then, amazing. You know, later it went up from a hundred to five hundred to two thousand to three thousand five. It, it got you know the machine again. And um, I remember uh, John Campbell saying to me that he was trying to talk Guruji down from three thousand to two, back <laughs> to two, and he was just going to try and he was trying it and it, like wasn't working. Oh no, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, at, at some point you just go along with the game. You know, there yeah. are different aspects that you just kind of go yeah. along with. If you yeah. want to play the game, right? Then you 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 pay the price, whatever that is. <laughs> you know, yeah. true. And so we we kind of went along with various steps of of the game. And um, actually, a really funny story comes to to mind about teaching also. And that was this was in the early '80s when I was full of vim and vigor, and I. <laughs> You know, I had, I had learned third series and I had been practicing it and I did it really well. I was actually doing third and fourth. It was called Advanced A. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were in Maui and we were practicing with Patabi and he had a big group of people there. And right at the end of his stay, he said, these people can teach. And he, and he listed like three or four people. And I was, I, I looked at the person next to me and I said, he didn't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you hear him say my name? Like, I just, he, he must have just slipped. He just forgot. Yeah. It's not maybe. I'm already teaching. And, and I, so I went to him afterwards. I went to his house specifically. I went up to him and I said, Gucci, um, you know, you, you didn't say my name for teaching. He said, you do not teach. And I said, oh. oh I said, Gucci, but I am teaching. And, uh, you know, um, he said, no, you don't teach. How old were you? This was in like 83 or something like so that. Like or 82. I think it was 82. So I was only four years into it. Yeah. And, you know, when you, you're you four years into it, you can do all the poses. You can do everything. And you think you're the shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Hercules at that point. Right. And um, But he told me specifically, don't teach. And I remember driving back home from there. This is in Maui. And I was yeah. living in Maui at the time. And I was teaching a group of students. And I, I just, I was crying, but I was also pissed. <laughs> and yeah. I, basically, I, I basically said to myself, fuck you. Ooh. I'm going to teach. Yeah. And, I yeah. and I kept teaching. He didn't know it. I did this secret undercover, you know, teaching thing because I needed to, I, I was there living in someone's house, teaching them yoga, and they were providing me a place to stay and food. So what was mm. I going to do? Go pick pineapples or something? <laughs> right. I a teacher. I was, that was my identification. And then he tried to take that away. So huh. I remember that vividly. And now, and then in retrospect of looking back 
maybe a few years later, after I matured more, I had no business teaching at all. I, didn't, I, knew, I knew the mechanical vinyasa, you know, yekum dwey krini jatori. Of course, I knew the positions. I knew how to do them. I knew the order. I could do them. So essentially, but I didn't right. know anything. Yeah, he, he was, was. He was right. Of course, he was. Of course, but it's the same thing that happens now. It's the yeah. same. You know. So, anyway. Can you? Can you? I'd like to hear both of you maybe also talk about this. But can you explain to us what you mean by the game? And sure. what that means to you, because it sounds like a problem. I'll also have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the, the game for me, and then Rada can tell tell you from her side. The game to me is that when when I got involved, there was a there was a pull inside of me. There was a, there was like a spiritual pull to something that was outside myself, and but it was inside myself. You know, yeah. like it was coming from within and I saw something that was magic to me. When I saw my first Ashtanga class, I was like, oh my God, what is this? And it, it lured me in. And then the participation that I, I went into being naive and a neophyte, and Tim and I talked about this over the years of like how we got involved and how things naturally progressed organically from where we were at, and each individual sees it from a different place. But I saw that there was a game being played, and I saw very early on that Patabi Joyce was not my spiritual guru. He was my asana guru, and I, and I totally respected and honored him from that standpoint. But I knew there was something else. There was someone else in me. There was something else there that he wasn't specifically putting his finger on. And maybe he wanted to, but the game at the time was all about asana. And it was like, okay, if you could do this, you were advanced. And again, you know, I come back to the quote that you have on your page. He, he said it, but yet there was this underlying current of like, hey, this is not it. And I remember Matthew even saying, like, he wanted, Patabi Joyce wanted to teach more, but we kept coming to him for asana we yeah. wanted more so he gave us more we were doing first and second series together we were doing third and fourth together we were doing primary and intermediate together he was mixing up the vinyasa he was changing it he was saying it was written on a banana leaf or whatever and we believe that <laughs> and then we find out it wasn't necessarily written on a banana leaf he hmm. made it up you know there's all these things that came out come out in the game you have to you have to hold something in a particular way, like you're watching a movie. And that's what we're inherently doing anyway, as witnessing and watching this life unfold as a movie. And we have to we have to suspend our own particular mental belief about something to enjoy the movie. If you go into a movie, you can't go in going, well, this is a movie, and I can't get right. involved with it. When you're emotionally involved with a movie, it's a good movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the interplay. And as I, I feel, I feel as, as yogis, yoginis, that that's the observer of who we are is watching this movie, this game of the duality. 
and the good and the bad and the dark and the light and all the stuff that's intertwined within the context of the game that we're in, the Ashtanga game. It's no different than the corporate game or the life, or the, or life game the life or any game. other religious yeah. thing. Yeah. Christianity, Judaism, Muslim, whatever. That's interesting. I, I was trying to explain that to my son the other day. I was trying to explain to him how Canada was created, you know, it's like, you know, the, there's a history there and everything. And, uh-huh. and we pulled out um, a quarter. I don't know what they're actually called in Canada. Um, called quarters. They're called quarters. And he pulled out a quarter and I said, who's that? We said, well, that's Queen Elizabeth. And it's like, so why is she queen? And huh. like, she, he says this to me, because she's pure. Oh. Like, oh, that's so amazing. No, dude, because her her ancestors are barbaric criminals who torture people. <laughs> that's why. That's and that's and so she's queen because of legitimacy. That's right. Legitimacy are. is the game. Yeah. From what you've just said. Oh, God, she's yeah. queen because we all accept that she's queen until yeah. we we cut her head off like Louis the 14th. And so the game that you're talking about with this, with the, with the asana and with the advanced, it's like, I think, I think you're saying it's about the illusion of legitimacy. It's, it's the game that we're all in. It's the, it's the COVID game. It's the coronavirus <laughs> game, you know, like buying into whatever the, the propaganda is around what's going on. And the right. fear and the anxiety around it, and mm-hmm. fear is our greatest controller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you put, if you present yeah. something, if you're, if you don't do this, you're going to be thrown off the list, I or you're going to do right. this yeah. or that. So yeah. that controls people. It puts them in a space of like, well, I don't want to say anything or do anything to ruffle, you know, whatever. I, I agree. I think um, I, I want to just jump in here too. Because Please. I think um, the fear factor. I have experienced in my own life, and I do mean that in the yoga community. Um, and that's what I kind of mean by when I say the game. And actually, Russell, if you don't mind me saying, I, I appreciated that you, inst- you you kind of mentioned an incident that I actually completely had forgotten about. Um, right. And when I read it on the PDF, I was like, what is he talking about? But then I was like, oh, yeah. And what? You do remember it. Yeah, I do now. And, and I actually think I blocked it out. <laughs> I think you were upset. Yeah, I know that I was. And I'll tell you, but I think Russell truly, um, you touched on something that when I spoke about it with Prem yesterday, it made me cry. Like hmm. we talked a little bit about it, you know, after I went looked at your PDF and I actually, it made me cry because I, um, I was somebody who got caught in the game and I also kind of, I was always an outcast actually in the yoga community. So um, hmm. I, I think it's going to be a difficult thing for me to explain, but I'll just do my best to just do, do your best to do it gracefully. It so please, I okay. So I kind of got caught between several different teachers. You know, I, Chuck was my first teacher. Um, I went to India five years later, and I Guruji was my second teacher, meaning like he was the second person that I studied uh, studied with after that, Tabi Joyce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had a fantastic experience, amazing experience. And I, then I went back to California and I studied more with Chuck and then went back to India again, studied more. And then after that, I went, I studied, I started studying with Mati 
And to make a long story short, because I don't want to go on too much, um, in the beginning, I was like in the 90s and stuff, when I was studying with, with Patabi Joyce and Chirat and all of that, I was being moved along quite quickly. And they, I don't know, Patabi Joyce really was quite just really like a, a really special teacher to me. And um, again, like Prem, not a guru, but he was a really special teacher because he gave me the feeling that I had the ability to do this practice. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the gifts that I got from him was like, yeah, I can do this. Um, so wait, let me just see where I'm going with this. So I think mm -hmm. I took a break of about four or five years where I hadn't been to Mysore because things happened in my life. My father died quite tragically. Although in that gap of time, I was going to Maui for Guruji's um, event and going to Encinitas and going to New York. And I went to all those places. And I still maintained my connection. Mm -hmm. Then when I came back to Mysore, it had been four or five years later. I was also like a prodigal child, right? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. You feel like that. Those years go by quick, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And so I had this great feeling. And then when I got there, what I noticed was because I had learned the practice from other people, I actually learned advanced from Mati. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was, uh, I want to just say. You had practiced it for 10 years. Yeah, I, had, I practiced primary series for five years before I started intermediate. Then I practiced intermediate for five years. So by the time I got to advanced, I was already practicing for almost 11 years. Mm -hmm. and yeah. People were always asking me, why aren't they starting you on advanced? Because Chuck and Mati taught things in a very, um, Mati was very, very efficient. She wanted people to learn things very well. And it just took time. I don't know. That's just how they chose to do it. At one point I was doing all of intermediate and all of advanced almost back to back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would never do that with a student these days, um, but that's part of my history. So I have to say it right. Mm -hmm. yeah. so the point that I'm getting to is when I came back to Mysore after having not been there for four or five years due to my own life situations, um, I thought Sharat and Patabi were going to move me on to advanced. And so every time at the end of practice, like I would finish my, intermediate series and I mean I'm sorry if sometimes I say Guruji that's how I thought of him so Guruji Fatabi Joyce yeah, yeah. came up to me and then he would immediately be met by Sharat and they would start arguing in Canada oh they would they would do that dance with you yeah and I but I yeah didn't what it, actually I didn't understand what it meant at first I was like what are they arguing about and then finally, I, after it happened several days I asked Saraswati and she said oh because Guruji wants to move you to advanced and yeah. I said, okay, I've already learned it from Mati. I learned the entire advanced series and I mm -hmm. did it for over 10 years daily. Yeah. Um, and then I guess Sharat didn't want to move me on because I had had this gap and became the prodigal child. Right. And I had been devoted to them. And I also yeah. got caught, as Prem mentioned to me earlier, I got caught in between what you might call a divorce between <laughs> Chuck and Mati and Patabi and Sharat, it was a little bit of a yeah. divorce. And I got stuck in the yeah. middle. I was the child that got stuck between the two parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. So does that make sense to you guys? I mean- yeah, we, yeah, certainly we know about the, the, the friction and the conflict between, between them. 
I don't, I'm not sure our listeners may, no, but no. I know, I, you know, that, you know, that Chuck had become disillusioned and there was stuff with the video and there was stuff that happened out in Hawaii on tour yeah, right. yeah. and that they yeah. kind of, they, yeah, Chuck, Chuck stepped away. And, and rightly so he had his reasons and, you know, for whatever he chose to do, I mean, that's okay. I think mm -hmm. later, he came back around, but I don't want to make it about any problem on Chuck and Mati's part. They, they did what they needed to do. I, I'm just kind of talking about me because I, as a young person, as a young practitioner, I didn't really understand it. I didn't yeah. understand politics and I always wondered why it's, I yeah. wasn't good enough. You well, know? It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, taking it personally, that's what Rhonda yeah, does. Yeah. She takes it personally. On one level, it's good to take it personally and look at how you're responsible. But when you take it personally and put yourself down, yeah, then it just spirals you in the wrong direction. And yeah. the game is the game. There, there's the game in any community, and there's a there's a game going on in Ashtanga. That's what I think. What Prem and I mean when I say that, because I to to be truthful, I I don't think a lot of people know how much energy and effort I put in as a practitioner. No, they have no idea. I mean. I don't think they have any idea because I'm not technically certified, but like I put in a lot of hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours. Oh, of she did it well. She did the practice. Please don't mis mistake well. me for being arrogant. I'm not trying, I don't want to come across that way. I well, you know. I totally un understand. It's, it's a similar story. I have a, 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 fair, a slightly similar story in that I practiced for 10 years before I went to Mysore and I thought that I was pretty advanced when I got there and then had a similar kind of um, frustration that I wasn't being moved as fast as fast as I wanted to. Mm. The story that, that happened that really um, that stayed with me when I met you, Radha, mm. was, was, and just so that I can fill in a little backstory for the listeners, is that, you know, Guruji, you know, in 2007 had announced a pranayama class and that was always kind of like this, oh, sure, you can, you can get, you know, your blessing to teach, you can get certified, but then there's like, then there's the pranayama class. And like, that was a big deal. And he invited a group of people and Harmony and I got invited. We both had like two or three, maybe four postures of advanced each. And then, um, Johnny Smith was there and Noah and Kino and Lino and uh, like Tom Rosenthal mm -hmm. who was doing maybe like half of second. Uh -huh. And a lot of us were like, maybe he thinks Tom is Barry Silver. Like we, we, <laughs> we weren't sure like what, you know, why he invited Tom, but like, it certainly meant, you know, there were certainly a lot of people like my, my close friends, Paul and Rochelle weren't invited. They were doing advanced. Mm. That was deeply upsetting to them. Yeah. And then you weren't invited. Well, I hadn't been started on advanced by then though, remember? So. Right. Yeah. I know. And I'm, I remember meeting you, you, like you, I remember seeing you like, oh, she's furious. And I just remember Johnny saying something to you like, don't give it energy. Don't yeah. feed it. Yeah, sure. And I had never encountered this kind of yoga teaching before. Oh. That your own emotion was something, your own state of mind was something that you controlled. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it meant a lot more to me than any teaching I ever got in Mysore, actually. I don't remember. Other than everything is God. <laughs> well, yeah. Wall, wall is God. Yeah. Wall is God. You are Neat. God. You are God. Everything this is, is God. God. Everything's God. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're constantly faced with that on a regular basis. Again, bringing it back to reality day, day one right now, here and now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, everyone's being faced with tremendous challenges, no matter where you're at. And it's a cool yeah. thing. And it's bringing up a lot of stuff for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. so what do we do with that? It's, it's just the play. You know, it's, it is the game. The game, yeah. like that's Maya. That's, that's what we're here on planet Earth to experience duality and to see the power right. struggles and the political stuff. And you're trying to explain to your son, your nine-year-old son, you know, politics. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, this is what, this is what we have to be able to navigate through. And this is the whole thing about yoga. How do we, how do we operate? How do we move through our life as graceful as possible? And we're going to get tripped up. We're going to get emotional. I got tremendously emotional with my daughter dying. So there's, there's different things that happen. And then you get like, you get, you know, cut out from underneath you. And it's like, holy crap. Like what? Like I, I have to deal with this now. Yeah. So there's everyone, everyone has a cross to bear. Yeah. You know, you can tell I'm, you know, an ex-Catholic. <laughs> so recovering <laughs> Catholic, as And there's Me a too. tremendous amount of, you know, original sin and guilt that's put on you from, from the beginning. And so there's, there's a, a certain amount of, of humility that has to happen. But it has to be from a natural place, not from, oh, I'm humble. That's not humility. But when you have something happen in your life that shows you, wow, I'm still attached. Yeah. I'm still attached to the practice. I'm still attached to, oh, Guruji told me not to teach. And I basically said, screw you. I'm going to keep teaching. Mm-hmm. There are events that happen and our ego shows us where we're at. You know, because it's going to try to pull us into the quagmire of what doesn't make any difference. It's just our karma. It's the good and bad bad karma that's unfolding personally and globally. And here we are in the in the dance. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I I just want to say, like, because you talked about emotion and all that. I mean, I I was hurt (laughs) because to be honest with you, Russell. Sharat asked me to come back to India when I was in LA on Guruji's world tour. He mm-hmm. asked me to come so that I could get authorized. I didn't even know what authorization was at the time. Right. right. It's nothing. It was yeah, And I didn't, it didn't, <laughs> he was like, you come back, I'm going to authorize you. And I was like, okay. But then when I came back, it was like, I kind of was met with not the, the feeling I was expecting and, yeah, it was. Well, this was at the end of, of the reign of Katavi. Not quite. Not yet. It was. This was two thousand five. It wasn't the end yet. Okay, yeah. but it was getting but, close to that. Yeah. yeah, those were very was, strange years. He was to be practicing strange. in the shallow. Sharat was definitely bucking against the king oh, at yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And it was a lot of, I mean, you know, we kind of jokingly call them the desert years because it feels like if you came, you know, in the in the 90s, you were given a lot of postures quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then if, if you showed up in like the... 2010. Yeah. Or you got a lot of postures quite quickly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, but like between sort of 2003 to 2009, it was sort of like, good luck. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's was, a great... It was the power oh, wow. struggle between oh, the wow. prince and the king. That's, that's right. interesting way to look at it. I never thought of it that way. Oh, God, yeah. I, oh. I saw that. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, and that's why they they're were like, fighting over you. Yeah, they're giving postures out to a student, right. and then what someone the away. next day would take them away, and then they'd give them out again, then they get taken away. Or again. if <laughs> Mitchell Gold buys them a television, then he suddenly gets all of intermediate. <laughs> you know, that happens. You know, that's all part of the game that we yeah. were talking about. Yeah. And the game was about status and associating status with postures. And I, I wonder if if you guys if you could be really generous with us it, it's going to it's a lot already yeah. <laughs> but uh I wonder if you could if you could tell us why you decided to step away from the game if that's a way of of describing it if of saying to uh, saying that we're not going to be a part of this anymore well, let me quickly just jump back a few seconds to what you just mentioned about, you said something about status. Um, yeah, please. I know that Prem and I both have comments we can say about the status thing. And, you know, I got stuck in that, thinking that, well, I didn't get the stamp of approval for the status. <laughs> right. Um, right. Because it's true. Like we've said, you know, okay, if you get through advanced or you're doing, you start to do fourth and you're at the top of the status. And actually, what does that actually mean? It means that, like, I listened to your podcast, the last one, about the advanced practice, and you had Kate O'Donnell on, and talking about how some people are just possibly just more gifted than others physically and can get through that stuff really easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yet they get to be at the top of the chain. And mm -hmm. so that is a, that's a sticky thing, you know, like, because some of us have to work. I mean, I had to work super hard to learn that. I didn't. I didn't just jump into advanced like Prem did in the first mm -hmm. years. I did it twelve yeah. years later. So, or or Eddie finished, you know, advanced B in his second in his first or second year. I mean, it's like, yeah, I that's not where I was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we all, we all had different experiences. Is it fair to judge people? in that way. And I know, I, I don't know if I'm going a little bit of a different route than what you just asked us, but I know well, it's, it's again, what, what game do you want to play? Yeah. We all have to play a game, but what game do you want to play? So stepping out of the game, so to speak, was, it was not a, uh, a choice that came out of like, I really want to do this. It was out of, like, okay, I, I don't want to participate in this in this political thing. And we got kind of dragged into it. There was, a, there was a, a letter put out, and you guys remember it. Yeah. You know, Sharab put out a, a basically something, and it was signed by Patabi, but I doubt that he wrote it. There was other people writing it, and it was yeah. saying, okay, if you want to uh, remain certified, authorized, blah, blah, blah. You got to come back every, you know, 12 months, every 18 months, you get this, you get that. 
and it was like what like yeah and they and it, it i thought this stuff is permanent yeah it was like it's like going to university and you get right. a university degree and then the yeah. university says oh you need to come back again and take <laughs> you know another yeah. course to maintain your diploma yeah sure. yeah what exactly yeah absolutely so it ruffled a bunch of people including myself and a lot of senior teachers i asked everybody any put any person you can think of i asked them so we we i i just wanted to get like an overall feeling of what was happening and, and this was I, back in like 2007 i think or something right? yeah, it, was, it was in a well, there's that first letter yeah maybe yeah it was i mean yeah Something like that. Maybe but then there was the second letter after after Karen Rain's letter that came out. Yeah, there was there was a lot going on at that time, believe yeah. me. And we at that point, I just want to complete like my whole perspective on it because personally, yes, there was stuff going on in regards to me and Rada and what we were doing in Bali, and so there was there was this jockeying back and forth he took us off we contacted him and he put us back on oh really oh i'm sorry and he put us back on that was a long <laughs> we were like what's going on Sharad? like yeah it was during yeah. the list thing it was no it was well yeah it was be between one of the list issues it wasn't when he did the final letter. no it wasn't the final cut yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, and i was like okay that was interesting he put our name back up yeah 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 and then it got even it got even stronger, and then he took off like twenty people, including well, that... Mr. Freeman and Tim and me, and yeah. like this whole thing of like really, and, yeah. and we were all most of us were certified, some weren't, and yeah. so it it felt like okay, if you want to be part of Sharat's camp and be part of him, and I could understand because I wasn't he wasn't my teacher when I would see yeah. Sharat in the room. He would jokingly, he would tell me to do something, and I would just kind of go, "Okay, Sherrod, I already did it." Thanks. You knew, you knew Sherrod when he was like six years old. Yeah, I knew him when he was a little kid. Yeah. So I, I didn't. I took orders from Patabi. I, you know, he told me to do something. I said, "Okay," or I said, "Gurji, you know, not not ready to do drop back today and grab my ankles, <laughs> whatever." And he, right. would say, okay, no problem. Um, so there was a lot of stuff happening within the works, you know, and mm -hmm. eventually. He took us off. He took me off. And then Rada was like, so I got taken off the list, but her name was still on the list, which yeah, was like, that was, that was why I wrote, I think I sent the letter. Maybe you guys read it a long time ago. I, I actually took yeah. myself to write a letter, which was a little bit, it was very brave for me. At a, that was a turning point moment because I was never the type of person that would ever speak out in that way. It was like, I knew better than to speak out to a teacher and it was a way for me to find my voice, to really be able to express a truth that came from my heart, even though it was very, very difficult for me to do. And it was at that moment, I was like, wait a minute, you know, I, I can't remain on this list. I mean, he took my husband off the list, my husband who has been practicing longer than me. I mean, I consider Prem a pioneer in this practice. And mm -hmm. just it was like, wait a minute, like, I don't have any business being on this list, you know? And so I, that's what prompted me to send the letter because I had my own heart broken by the whole situation. And that was the start of the shift for me as well. It was like, you know what? 
I miss the community. Yeah, it was another divorce. I mean, yeah, I like the experience. The family, family. I, I went through a lot at that time, and it was literally like, wait a minute, what happened to our community? Like, why do we have to be on separate pages? Why do we yeah. have to be separate? Yeah, it was silly. We yeah. all love each other, you know, like, what's the problem? And it really, like, instead of like talking about it, like the, the way you would in a family if something comes up, it was like, it just became this thing of like, you guys are the old people and you don't know what you're doing. We're going <laughs> to take you off the list. And again, it was like, for me, it was like this divorce I got stuck in the middle of. And yeah, yeah it's heartbreaking, <laughs> really. You know, that reminds me of a, of a story. And I think the first time I really kind of clued into to these, this notion of camps that of going in our, in our, between Sharad and between Guruji and kind of understanding how important it was to them is I'd heard the story about Mark Yao and probably most of our listeners won't know who that is. I do. Yeah, I know who it is. But Mark Yao, you know, is a, as a, as a fifth series practitioner, as a kind of wounder kind, he and I may have started Ashtanga yoga the same day, the same year in 1993. And he was magnificent. He was a magnificent practitioner Absolutely. And, and he said to, to Guruji one day, he said, you know, and maybe he said, it, probably said it to Sharad, it's like, it's just getting really crowded in here. People are coming into the yoga shawl in the morning and elbowing me in the head to try and get to their, get to a spot in the room. It's really nuts. And I feel like it's just too much energy. I'm trying to do fifth series and I'm getting a little freaked out. Yeah. And so Sharad said, yeah, fine. Come to my, my room across the street. And he does. And he takes a, a month there to kind of, you know, cool down and, and get away from all of the, the manic panic. Mm. And then Guruji announced the Pranayama class. Um, and of course, Mark being certified B and doing fifth came to the class. Mm. And, and do you guys know, do you guys hear, have you, did you guys hear the story? When, yeah. he, when he passed out? No, when when that was, Guruji that was a different class. That was a different class. When Guruji <laughs> when Guruji yelled at him. Oh no, no, I you know. out. Oh, he kicked him out. Wow. No free classes. Oh. What is that? What did he say? No free classes. Oh. Okay. No free classes. <laughs> and Mark never came back. Oh wow. That was the last time Mark took an Ashtanga yoga class From in Joyce. or Sharad. Really? Wow. Ever. Okay. He quit. Okay. I didn't know. And, and so what that said to me when I heard the story is like, oh shit, these people own their students. Yeah. <laughs> you're a Saraswati, a Sharad, or a Gurji. You're not in the community. You're not all doing Ashtanga yoga together with the family. They own you. Yeah. Yeah. I and if you, and so like Paul and Rochelle didn't get invited to the pranayama class because they were studying with Shira, with Sharat mm -hmm. across the street as well. Right. And so when 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 Sharat cuts up his new teacher list, mm -hmm. in his own mind, it's like a realization. It's like a public. It's public speech to what he already knew. Richard's not my student. Anthony Carlisi is not my student. 
Yeah. Uh, these are my students. Yeah. Right. John Boltman is my student. Yeah. Russell right. and Harmony, I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and and that's and then it was, like it made total sense to him, yeah. but he had no idea how insulting it was to us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And divisive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. I, I, I completely get it. And I, again, I, I also was one of those people where I got caught in the mix of Guruji and Chirag, you know? Right. I, I didn't know who stood Mati and Chuck. And Mati and Chuck. And then yeah. you, you can see where for me it really was confusing as a young, you know, a younger practitioner. Well, again, we also have to look at the business side of it. Okay. They were looking at right. the business side of it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're listed as a certified teacher under Patabi Joyce, and then all of a sudden you vanish from that, and then people don't really know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. People had to kind of, you know, pick and choose what they needed to do. So one of the things that, that we did, and you guys probably don't know this, but we went to Saraswati, because Saraswati and Shara were fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Shara was fighting with Manju, and there was this whole family feud thing going on. And we went to Saraswati and we said, Saraswati, like we got removed from Guruji's list. Oh, right. Why don't you yeah. post a list of Guruji's students? <gasps> oh. He said, that's, a that's how that happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I announced on Facebook. I, when I saw that list, I said, I said out loud, I said, well, that's, act, that's the real list right there. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's the real list. That's and, cool. and she thought it was a great idea. So she had an instant list. Because yeah, she was yeah. like the Ashtanga Yoga Research right. Institute thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's the most real <laughs> list there is. <laughs> it was the official list of, of Tatabi. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what I said to Prem last night is I said, I think one of the things that would be really cool, and he said, well, that's what that is, Radha. Um, I said, there should be, just for historical purposes, there should be an entire log of every single person that's been certified or authorized or just falls into that category because I think it would be really amazing. And then Prem said, well, actually that is what Saraswati's list is. I think it's fairly complete. Um, But if it's not, it really should be complete of everybody that, whether it was through Patabi Joyce or through Sharat, the point is, is that there's a lot of us that put energy in and, you know, the new, the newbies that come out, they don't really know the history in the background Right. And so they have, yeah. you, know, you know, Prem and I are not on Sharat's list, but that doesn't mean that we haven't, you know, put in the devotion and work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So oh, it, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, I'm just talking from my heart, so. Yeah, it's so true. It's it's really interesting, this idea of when we try to categorize yoga or someone's ability to transmit yoga, It's it's sort of a like a, a fruitless endeavor in a way, because how do you categorize or how do you classify like 30 years of devotion to the practice or 20 years or, you know, regardless of whether it was in mice or in your basement, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's also, as I saw it as an observer, also within the mix of this whole thing is there were people that were great practitioners and then there was people that were really good practitioners and teachers. And sometimes yeah. there was, a, you know, another 
aspect of just they were they were good teachers. They didn't have an amazing practice, but they were able to communicate it to the 95% of the people that were never going to do intermediate or advanced degrees. Yeah, sure. So yeah. you were like an Olympic athlete that was like, whoa, whoo, you know, like when you were watching me do it. Yeah, that's right. So it was like, wow, how, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was like, it was just something that I did. And I put time and energy into it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it came. It, it didn't came, mean you were more spiritual than someone. No, oh my God. I was <laughs> way less spiritual than <laughs> most yeah. people. I mean, I was hanging out at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. (laughs) You know, but they, people take this for granted in athletics, you know, like everyone acknowledges that Magic Johnson is not a great coach, that he's just not that good. And it's a part of it was because he was, he, the game came too easily for him to be able to teach it to someone else. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I think yeah. we don't we don't maybe acknowledge that as much in Ashtanga Yoga, where a fifth series practitioner is the end all be all, and that's who our spiritual guide is. But maybe the game just came so much easier to them than it did to Like Olaf. Olaf was one of my students in Kauai. And a good friend. Oh really? Oh yeah. He, I taught oh. him third series. I taught him third series in Kauai. They're very good friends. And then he moved to India. When yeah. Yeah. came there, and uh, yeah. but he—he he was my buddy. Mutant. He's like a mutant being. <laughs> yeah, right? he is. Seriously, it's I've just... never ever seen anybody do the practice as good as Olaf. Yeah, yeah. he was so. I know what you mean. Fluid and flexible, and had a great attitude about it. And he was just somebody who who had broken eighteen bones in his body in motocross. Wow. And just like, and at one point been 300 pounds juiced up on steroids. Yeah. And, you know, and then like still like could go and like, and then tear his whole body apart and reimagine himself as a 145 pound yogi. And I was like, what are you? Yeah. Like, you're not even human. <laughs> no, he was, he was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Still, still in contact with him and, yeah. and Nina. They're great. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're lovely. They're out of the whole picture. They never opened up a center. They never or got into it. No, yeah. they weren't part of that whole scene. They were never in. I always, I remember asking you years ago, how come Olaf and Nina didn't do And you said, because they just weren't interested. They're just practitioners. Right. Yeah. They, just, yeah. they had the ability to teach, and they did teach different people, but it wasn't their thing. It wasn't like, you know, their They weren't interested in their politics that. as well, as far as I remember them talking no, about. No, no, they weren't. Yeah. I, I hung out with them a lot in their house and I had a lot of ice cream. <laughs> they had an ice cream maker. Right? Yeah. And I, I made a painting for them at one point. And uh, it was a dedication on their anniversary. It was a seven year anniversary. And um, I, I it was like a painting of a hot red pepper. And it said to Nina and Olaf in seven years of fucking and fighting. Oh yeah. my god, that was, that that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it was on your oh, you did a painting while you No, they had it at their house. <laughs> okay. I remember Oh, you must yeah, that's my painting oh, that you saw. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They were that's very so proud awesome. of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my painting, Rada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a I have a question for you, uh, Prem. That 
you know, after all of these years of practice and like reaching these, you know, very um, high achievements with asana, and then like, I think it was a, a few years ago, your daughter passed away, right? She was, she died. And then also like with aging, and then you're also like losing sort of these advanced postures or these feats. What What is your experience? Like for me, I, I, I sort of perceive that the essence of these spiritual teachings and yoga are like really found in that, in, in when you have to let things go almost. And like, you have to see your attachments and then like, like release them in, in a certain way, or, or when things get pulled away from you, even though you don't want them to be pulled away from you. Um, can you just speak to like, that's such a, I mean, losing a child is like, I think the like most difficult thing on this planet. (laughs) So can you like to be a human being? And so that's the biggest loss, I think, as a parent, as a person. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the the hardest experience that I've had to go through and still am faced, yeah. you know, I and what you said was so true. It's it's the actual the attachment, the DNA the biological attachment to your offspring is very, very strong. It's very strong. And that was, that was my opportunity. It was my opportunity in my life experience to see where I was at. It was going to happen. It was written, you know, it was written in the ethers. She was going to die in a car accident at this specific place in Croatia at this specific time. Now, what's going to happen in the midst of all that? What happened to her, you know, in the transition? Well, I was in contact with her in her astral body of like, she was asleep in the backseat of a car. So she didn't know that it happened. She was sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so from that realm of being in a sleep state, a dream state probably, and the, the, the boy that she was with, she was with two Italian boys, the boy fell asleep and they went off a cliff. Wow. They went off a cliff. And the two boys, they did not die. They survived. They survived. And Shanti got thrown from the car and died. Wow. And it was like, what, what is that? Is that how fair is that? These two boys, they live. Yeah. My daughter died. You know, you start like looking at all the things about it and going through all these these different scenarios within your mind and emotions mm-hmm. around it because it's something that happened. It happened to me. It happened to her. It happened to to Rada. She had mm-hmm. this whole set of things of dealing with me and having a connection with Shanti and, you know, all the different things that kind of unfolded from there. So to to answer you, it was very, very, very um, humbling and humiliating. Mm -hmm. Because it showed me where I was at. It it showed me where I was at. How how attached I was to this beautiful girl. And then Mm -hmm. I saw, you know, the biological connection. 
okay, if I'm going to really look at it clearly, then biologically, I'm her father this time around. Yeah. It's just this time around. And, and besides that, she was a miraculous human being. Just to be around her was like amazing. She taught me things. She was, she was Shanti. Talk about names. She was yeah. pure Shanti. If you guys met her, you would, you would instantly love her. Instantly. She was a yogini. Everything about her, she was just pure peace and, and harmony. You know? Mm. And it's, it was just, you know, in that, I've had to go through many different things. This whole list thing, the whole transitional thing of, you know, Sharab and this and that and the list. And we have things going on here in Bali. You know, there was a lot of, there was so many things going on in 2013. This is when it all came down. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. a lot, you guys. I mean, I don't think people have any idea what what, um, Sham has been through. It's like, it's it's, it's like what you said. It is... As a human being, I don't think there's anything more horrible. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to it by having the experience because I can't think of anything that, that would be worse. Take my money. Take everything. In fact, Tim, actually, about a year before it actually happened, because Tim's into Vedic astrology and Western astrology, and he said, yeah. oh, you're coming into your second Saturn return. I was yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I remember my first Saturn return. It was quite intense. He yeah. said, yeah, the second Saturn return is, is quite powerful too. And he said, I went through my second Saturn return. Katabi Joyce died. My father died. My mother died. Different things were happening. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. I said, you know, take all my money. Take take whatever whatever's going to happen. You know, like if that's going to happen... Um, you know, I'm prepared for it. Little did I know that that was already in the works of losing my daughter. Like, yeah. you can't fathom that. I mean, you can understand, like, losing parents and things that happen like that. Yeah. But to lose a young child, it just wasn't in the works. So it just, it, it caught me off guard. And then I've had to build from there. And thank God, thank God, from the grace of God, I did have a practice. I did have a meditation because that kept me in the game to stay alive, to yeah. stay alive and keep moving forward and see what was there, you know, and to see how it could unfold. And I know I've, I've helped a lot of people through describing this story. And many people have come to the center here in Bali that, has, that have lost ch- children, that have lost parents, that have lost... You know, and they, they read different things in my book or whatever. And um, so there's things that we're constantly influencing people from our experience. And I know it was, a, it was a very, very powerful experience, and I'm still learning from it and growing. And it is all around what you said, Harmony. It's the attachment that we have to this life and to life around us. And to, to be a part of it and move through it gracefully is our greatest challenge because we're not we are not the physical but yet we're so attached to it with our asana practice whatever and i of course i've let go of my advanced practice i do a more of an advanced practice though internally 
I have an internally advanced practice. I, I, I work more with different subtle body things in meditation and the connection with the subtle body. Mm -hmm. Moving more in that direction and talking to people more about that. But I also have a background in what works within the context of the physical practice too and what the bundle means and what, you know, how to implement all the different things for various people according to who they are, their age, their wherever, whatever is going on for them with the Ayurvedic principles. So it, it's, you know, it, it's an interesting uh, unfoldment of all this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's been a gift, if you can say that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Please, I, I, I want to share something that I, I don't think Prem would think to say, but um, I think it's, I, I don't know, I, to me it's quite beautiful. Um, as Prem explained the story to me, I don't know that he's ever talked about it publicly in that way that he did today. Um, he talked about the accident and the, the two boys that survived. Um, not only did he actually forgive the boy that was driving the car, which to me would be a very difficult thing to do, but he did. Mm. He's actually connected with him in a personal way oh, wow. and has love for him. And I, I just think like, oh my God, like that's so amazing. You know, like, it's like, oh, wow, this accident took his daughter of 20, almost 28 years old and a deep friend. And uh, I just, like, to me, like, that just speaks volumes to who he is as a person. You know, that he was able to go through this, the tragedy, the epic tragedy of his life and yet be okay with person that was in charge of the vehicle at that time and and really like welcomed him into his life well i knew he was in extreme pain i knew it i i contacted yeah. him i said i said you I, invite I really me want to meet, i really <laughs> want to meet you and we were in mm -hmm. italy at the time yeah. he's italian yeah. and he yeah. was very reluctant to meet with me he he's thought afraid, like, sure. this guy's gonna kill me. he's gonna mm -hmm. strangle me yeah so he he showed up at my hotel along with his big brother Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know i i said come on in i gave him a hug and i made him feel comfortable right off the bat and we yeah. just talked about shanti's life and i said i said look i said you know danny i said i don't hold anything against you i said shanti could have been driving and you asleep in the back seat mm -hmm. it was what had to happen and what's going on for you is part of the experience and out of that, he was so amazed by my reaction and how I kind of connected with him. And he knew about me because Shanti had talked about me and living and being in Bali. And Shanti was on her way to Bali and she was going to help us with our center. She was on her way from, from Croatia, Italy, and Italy to come and be with us and help us with our center. And he was like... Oh my God, he said, can I please come and study with you in Bali? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And he came. Yeah, he and we did, some, we did some stuff with him. And he learned some of the practice and he learned meditation. And I connected him with a meditation teacher. And we met with him. I was there when he met with my spiritual teacher in, in, uh, in Italy. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was in London. Was in London. I invited him, and he came, and he immediately got had an interview with 
with Ishwar. And Ishwar immediately received him and blessed him. It was so beautiful. He came out of that meeting like he was lit up. And we both met later and we were just like, let's just live our lives. You know, Shanti would want that. Absolutely. We're getting these, you know, like, enjoy our lives again. Let's move yeah. on. Let's do this together, you know. And so it was a beautiful experience. It was, again, very challenging and difficult. But it was a human experience, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I really want to thank you for, for sharing that story. I, th- I think that's going to be a, I think it's, I think it's going to be a profoundly moving for people who are listening, it, it reminds me one of the one of the the deepest, um, most profound mentors I've had in my life was a, a a guy named Gene Ruffin, and a guy that I really took as a as a teacher and in a way a, a spiritual mentor, as someone who just taught me how to be um, non reactive in all things and to think and plan and do he'd say and i just wanted to share that at one point gene and i were building a, a foundation for kids and to get yoga and he took it upon himself to interview all of the senior teachers who had anything to do with ashtanga yoga to tell them about what they were doing and get them involved and get their input that was the way he did things and it it one thing that that struck me was that is how amazed Jean and Salima were after they met the two of you. That they came back and they said, we haven't had a more emotional interaction about Ashtanga Yoga and Patabi Joyce than the than what we just had experienced with with Prem and Radha. And I just want to say I feel I feel the same way talking with you guys. It's 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 deeply it's deeply emotional talking about life with you guys. And I just wanted to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank, thank, thank you, you guys for inviting us. Thanks I, for giving us the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, this is, for us, it's all an opportunity. Everybody listening, it's, it's our opportunity to move forward, you know, in harmony. With harmony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, Russell. Yeah, Russell, you have to change your name. Uh, I'll be the finding. I'll change my name to finding. <laughs> there you go. Finding harmony. It's, you know, we're all going through our thing, man, our stuff. And mm-hmm. and it's it's for us to acknowledge that, that we are all in the same boat. Yeah. We're here on planet Earth. And everyone is having an experience of, you know, different things that are going on and plugging us in one way or another. And we have to be able to move through this experience and see where do we need to go? Where, where is it that we need to find who we are? And that's, it, it has to be a looking within. That's my greatest piece has been that nothing outside of myself has helped. And I, I can tell you, with utmost confidence that nothing outside me has relieved the pain other than going inside. Mm. It, this is the only thing that keeps me alive yeah. and keeps me going is the knowing that this is who I am and this is the experience that I was given. And for me to move forward 
and to and to move forward as best as I can in, in a graceful way. And our opportunity as teachers, as Prem and Radha, as Harmony and Russell and other teachers out in the world, that we're we need to be examples of that in the best way we can. We're still human. And we share our experience. And we come together in this beautiful practice of Ashtanga. It's it still is one of the most amazing physical practices there is. Absolutely. And yeah. so that's what I want to hold on to and convey to people that that we have the opportunity to to make ourselves really strong physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually through the path of yoga. And it's not always awesome. we have to look at at what part of of the game that we're playing, the asana game or the pranayama game or the where does it fit within the context of bringing us closer to who we are. The turning and going inward, the pratyahara, turning it, you know, 180 degrees instead of looking outward to look within. And so that's the that's the message that I've gotten. And that's that's what I continue to do and that's what we continue to teach. Well, I think you're both just super powerful examples of of what it is to practice ashtanga yoga over a long period of time and how that turning in um, helps you find a deeper connection with the people around you, that interconnection that's kind of magical in a way and transcendent. And you're just amazing examples of that. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, We really appreciate and, it. Thank you, you know, we want, Yeah, we, we want to work together you know, in the community of, of you're part of our family. Absolutely. This coming together was like really special for us, for yeah. you to invite us. It's yeah. like, we were like thrilled. it's Thank very you. special for you to invite us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just... Well, we feel Thank the you. same. Thank you so much. <laughs> and tell us, tell our listeners, I mean, once uh, travel starts up again, how can they come find you in, in beautiful Bali, the paradise island that it is? Oh, yes, <laughs> we're waiting. We're waiting. Um, we're really excited to have anybody that wants to come and see us here. I mean, you can find us, of course, on uh, Ashtanga Yoga Bali on Instagram or just always go to our website, Ashtanga Yoga Bali, if you're thinking of coming this way. Um, we'd be thrilled to have you. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, Prem, I think you're, you have a book, right? Called The Only Way Out Is In. Is that true? Yes. That's, that's true. <laughs> I, I told you, The Only Way Out Is In. So I had the opportunity to write a book before all this happened, and it was like a premonition. <laughs> the only yeah. Information. See, you see how it reflects? Like, Okay, I'll I'll name my book The Only Way Out Is In. Oh, okay. I guess I hope people get that. And it was like a message yeah. for me. It was a message. Yeah. Yeah, the great guru was was transmitting teachings through you, to exactly. you, for you mm. all at the same time. Exactly. We're just a mouthpiece for that that one voice. That's mm -hmm. all. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, right. this was pr precious, precious moments with you both. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. 
with me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking